everybody, and welcome to episode 18 of Cinema Rogues. Uh, today we're talking about Wonder Woman 1984, and today, as always, I am joined by uh, Andrew. That's me. I'm your second host today. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's how I said it. I'm gonna keep you. I'm gonna keep laying out on you and just make you talk and keep making it awkward. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. What do you want me to do? Uh, you know, because I almost got through that whole intro. I got I got through that intro without making it awkward. You did very well. Yeah. And then I was like, me too. <laughs> I'm here also. <laughs> At least you tried. Andrew, it's a special yeah. week. Not only is it the beginning of 2021. Yep. It is our first episode that we're recording knowing that we have our own special feed. We did. We We pulled the trigger and paid the money. And got the feed and submitted to Apple and Spotify. And uh, I haven't submitted to, I know it's just kind of like housekeeping stuff, um, but which is the section we're in. But um, I, I didn't submit to, what is the, the Pandora? Because whenever you go to submit to them, they're like, okay, now tell us how many downloads you get per episode and a month. So they want to know like metrics. And I'm like, yeah, we're not. We don't have any, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that for now. We're not there yet. Uh, yeah. We're up to four downloads. I looked at it today. Woo! Yeah, I think one of those is me, but whatever. You can do it. I think one of them. I, I think I downloaded an episode just to like listen to the <laughs> quality. We are our also only listeners so far. A, yeah, we like to listen to our own thing. It's good. It's for quality assurance purposes. Now we're going to have metrics to see who actually listens to our show. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, we just can't put it under the umbrella of uh, Retro Warriors Patreon. Um, right. But, hey, if you want to check this out, uh, we're over at cinemarogues.podbean.com. Uh, that has a link to our RSS feed, um, as well as the individual episodes that you can just stream um, directly from the site. Uh, so, so go check it out. You can also get it, as as Andrew mentioned, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can also follow us on Podbean. Oh, you can also follow us on Podbean. If I didn't know that account. was a feature, and it said you have zero followers. Yep, I've got, like, I think uh, Board Game Barbarians has, like, seven followers. Yeah. So I think there are seven people that listen to my show specifically on Podbean's website. Nice. Or on the app. So, Oh, you can also download the Podbean app and listen to our show from that. Hey, there you go. Um, And then uh, eventually we are working on getting it on, on more. Uh, we're just waiting for sort of the the numbers to come in and to be able to support and say no we're a real podcast um, I mean, really apple and spotify are the two big hitters that we care about right and you, you said the apple like, was like real quick right dude, it was like it was like three days it took me three weeks to get board game barbarians up and running but i think that's only because i had one episode and both spotify and apple were like three days in we're just like yeah you're good it's because so, we uploaded 16 episodes on the first day probably they're like, they have a big library. They're not dead. Yeah. Surely they'll keep uploading 16 episodes a day. A day. A yeah, day. That's our new goal. <laughs> Woo, we got a lot of, got a lot to do. Um, but uh, if you want to, if you, uh, speaking of board game barbarians, uh, if you want to hear more Andrew do his solo thing, although you do a lot of it with Justin too, right? Yeah. But most, most of board game barbarians is done with Justin. Yeah. So if you want to hear more Andrew and Justin, uh, go check out board game barbarians. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, you can check out my YouTube video. It's kind of on or YouTube video, YouTube channel. It's kind of on hiatus at the moment. You have um, one video. I have one video. Uh, yeah. If you want to check my back catalog, there's like 400 videos. I'm just kind of tired of making them right now. 
And until it becomes fun again, I'm concentrating on this show and Retro Warriors. Um, because speaking mm. of Retro Warriors, we're hosting a Retro Warriors episode, Andrew. You and I are. Yeah, we're going to do an episode together. I'm excited about that. this Friday, and I forgot about it until like earlier today. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so uh, if you're listening to this, you haven't heard of Retro Warriors, and you want to hear us talk more, uh, go check out Retro Warriors. The NFL Blitz episode comes out in a few weeks, and that'll be us. It'll be exciting. Yeah, Blitz. Um, uh, so we, you know, this, I think it's the first time that we've recorded on a schedule in a while. This, this is also our first scheduled recording ever. Uh, well, not first. You know what I mean? A regular schedule not, recording. Yeah, I was say not ever. Right. So we decided to go every two weeks. So we are recording every two weeks. You should be getting an episode every two weeks. Um, that is our goal for 2021. So we'll see if that happens. But we're off to a good start because we started this episode. We did it right. I remembered we were recording today, and I messaged you and made sure that I knew the time. <laughs> That's I'm on vacation, so like I was like, I feel like I have something to do today, but I'm on vacation, so I don't know if I do. Yeah, even though it's just a Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people have vacation head right now. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so since the last episode, uh, I haven't had a whole lot, a lot of time to do anything. Uh, but I did start watching The Stand yesterday because we uh, burned through, or well, we were watching uh, Star Trek Discovery and then looking for something else to kind of start after we finished that last episode. Uh, so we, we started The Stand, and uh, that's probably a bad idea watching a show about like a worldwide plague. Is that what this, I don't know what The Stand's about. So yeah, yeah, The Stand is a is based off a Stephen King book, and I haven't read I haven't read that book, but I've always it's it's on my list of books to get to. Is it it? Is it it? Yeah. Is is the book it? Or is it it it? Um. Yeah. The book is it. No. The book is the stand. Oh. Okay. Um. But yeah. there's a there's a character in the stand, uh, named Randall Flagg, who is in a lot of Stephen King's works. Um. He's okay. like a main ant- antagonist in the Stephen King universe or whatever multiverse. Um. And so it's it's been on my list of things to wa- uh, to read because I read like through the entire Dark Tower series. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, the the stand is ba- there is a global uh, pandemic that kills people within like a couple of days of getting infected, and it spreads throughout you know the world. And then there are some people who are immune, and then things happen after that. So far, that that's where I am in the in the show, right. Um, and they're starting to gather together in a specific town because they've been psychically called by Whoopi Goldberg to come to that town. Pacific, got it. Yeah, and she says, she says, uh, God didn't tell me what you're supposed to do, just who's supposed to be here. I'm like, okay, that's helpful. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's it, given the current climate, uh, it's 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 kind of hard to watch. <laughs> but because uh, you're already living it. Right. It's it's not a respite from the real world like most media is these days. Right. Um, but I finished uh, His Dark Material Season 1. Uh, we need to make Good it show. Make into Season 2. And yeah, I, we I, still haven't started Season 2. Yeah. I heard Season 3 did get uh, greenlit, so that should be all three books that they're going to well, end up doing. Yeah. I would hope they would not cut, like, be like, ah, we got two in, and we even though there's only three, we'll just not do it. Yeah, I mean, I could see it happening, though. Right. If it was Netflix, I would I would expect it to happen. Yeah, it's true, right? Uh, man, Netflix is, is good. At, I think we talked about this a little last time. Netflix is just real good at canceling stuff right in the middle of it. They're the king, man. They uh, 
They know how to stop things. All hail the king, baby. <laughs> um, and then it looks like we both started watching Shit's Creek, eh? Yeah, uh, finally, I had a love, enough friends that were like, this is a really funny show and you should watch it, that I was like, fine, I guess I'll watch it. And it's a good show. It's funny so far. I'm on like season three, I think. Yeah, I think uh, like I watched most of season one and some of season two. I Basically, I pop in and out while Kristen's watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, when she started watching it, it was entertaining enough that I sat there and watched it for a few hours and then went back to playing the game. Yeah. It's a, I, I think, well, because my wife's already watched it all the way through mm-hmm. and I kind of did the same thing where I would sit there for like a couple minutes and watch it with her, but then I would go up, go back and do whatever I'm doing. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what else have you been watching? Uh, well, besides Shit's Creek, uh, watched some Baron Munchausen yesterday. Good movie. Good old movie. Um, started Star Wars Clone Wars because I also had friends that are Star Wars fans that told me that I need to watch that. So I've been giving that a shot. Um, started my multiple yearly watch of Community. Nice. On, on the first. Uh, we watched the new Pixar movie Soul on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Hey, how was that? It was good. It was, uh, I feel like it's going to be one of those Pixar movies that's not like as memorable, mm-hmm. kind of like Bugs Life or uh, whatever the last one that came out was, <laughs> the, the two brother ones that I, I liked it, but I, again, like. Oh, Onward, Onward. Like, onward, yeah, like Pix, Pixar is like, they're like smash hits, like I think, you know, Toy Story, Cars, Up, I think was a was one that I'll remember for a long time, and then they have like their like kind of. Really, like they're really good, but they're forgettable, like Bugs Life and all the other ones that I can't remember right now. Uh, the one about feelings, Inside Out. I like that one. Yeah, I mean, I like all of them, but I, I mean, besides the, all the car sequels, I never watched those. But, um, like I like all of them. It's just some of them are not as memorable as the others. But it was, it was still a Pixar movie, so it comes with quality and is good, and I enjoyed it, and it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, it might end up being my next pick after yours. Yeah, to be honest. Um, finally got to watch Into the Woods. I've been wanting to watch that for over a year, but Disney has it like on Disney. They had it on Disney Plus, and they were like, "Coming November of 2020." And then November of 2020 came around, and they were like, "Coming December of 2020." And I was like, "All right, well, you guys lied to me." <laughs> um, and it's it's as uh, it's the same as whenever I'm ever watching it. So like I like it up to a point, and then I, it gets really boring, and I don't like it anymore. That's the one with uh, Chris Pine as the Anna Prince. Kendrick, yeah, and that dude that's uh, James Corden. James Corden, yep, yeah. Um, nice. So I mean, like I, I like half like that movie. Like I like the beginning oh, parts, okay. and then they get to the part that kind of gets all dark, and then I just get really bored because it gets super samey. Um, oh yeah. Finished Raised by Wolves. On HBO, yeah. that was good. I think that's got that's been renewed for like two or three seasons. I think. And then we bought uh, King of Staten Island because it was on sale. I don't know that I've heard of that. It's uh the latest movie from Judd Apatow starring Pete Davidson. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's basically like a it's, for the most part, it's 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 just a memorial to like Pete Pete Davidson's dad. Oh, because it shows like it's kind of like his same kind of story. A kid whose dad was a firefighter who died, and now he's like it's kind of like his uh, depressed life or 
mental illness life after all that. Neat. Sounds uplifting. No, it was uh, <laughs> it was one of those. I'm just real quick. It was one of those movies that's like I thought was really good, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'll watch it again unless like somebody else is like, "Ooh, let's watch this," and I'll be like, "Okay, sure." Yeah, that's how I am with but, uh, uh, Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, well, that one's a little bit. I've never watched it, and I, I hear it's a very rough movie. It is. This movie was not was not rough in that same sense, but it was over two hours long, which I don't think it needed to be. <laughs> hey, speaking of movies that are longer than they need to be, uh, this one. The one we're going to talk about? Yeah, the one we're going to talk about today. Oh, my God. If you can't tell, listeners, if you can't tell, uh, I did not enjoy this movie very much. Um, I will keep making sly references to uh, how much I didn't like it throughout this whole uh, banter portion of our show here. Uh, is that it? Yeah. Is that all you watched? What, that's, did you already mention Baron it. Munchausen? I did. That was the first thing I mentioned. Oh, okay. I wasn't paying attention to you. I'm sorry. How dare you? We're supposed to be doing a show. We are. I, just, I, I think that's when my dog was about to start biting his paw. Oh, okay. We'll just let him bite his paw. No, because he's... I don't know why we're going to get into my dog here. Listen, but, if he's hungry, you know, let him have it. Well, A, he kind of needs it, but also he, like his, his paw is itchy and he needs an allergy shot. Uh, and so he oh. will like chew on it until it hurts and then he'll yell at himself while he's chewing on it. Right. It's the, uh, it's annoying. Well, I mean, one day he'll learn maybe. No, he's like 10 years old at this point. I don't think he's going to learn. One day. One day, someday soon. Yep. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and get into news, I guess. Uh, I've got two news items. I have no news items, so have at. Yeah, in the the week of Christmas and New Year, or the weeks of Christmas and New Year's apparently are slow weeks for movie news. Um, all I really have is that Don Wells um, of Gilligan's Island fame yep. uh, died from COVID at the age of 82. He had a nice, wonderful, long life that came... Uh, to an abrupt end due to COVID, and that sucks. Um, I don't really have anything special to say about Don Wells. It, it makes me sad because I I really did enjoy uh you know Marianne as a character, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think uh she's one of the last surviving cast members at this point, right? I think there's one one left at this point, right? I don't know who it is. I couldn't tell you. I wasn't a huge Gilligan's Island fan, so. Mm. I, mm. I don't know who's not a huge Gilligan's Island fan, but okay. It was before my time and uh, didn't care to watch it after the fact. You know what my favorite thing about Gilligan's Island? Gilligan? The island? No, the theme song is in whatever uh, whatever meter. It's a really common meter, and I can't think of the name of it now. Paco Bell's Canon and D? Uh, no, that's a chord progression. Yeah, well, you know. But it basically just means everything in this meet in that meter can be sung to the Gilligan's Island song, including things like Amazing Grace. Oh, so okay. Like, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I feel like you can do that with almost any song. Try it. Right now. No, nah, I'm not going. Damn it. Okay. Anyway, uh, Wonder, I almost said World War Three. Wonder Woman 3 officially greenlit at Warner Brothers. So, yay. They, oh, okay. 
they saw their numbers. Uh, I think, uh, if I remember right, they did like 16.3 million and op- on opening weekend, uh, which apparently is good these days. And I mean, it was, I, I heard it was successful enough in theaters. Yeah, exactly. And they probably had enough what people watch it on HBO. Yeah. So they, they said, all right, let's make number three. Um, and I hope, uh, I hope they do better. Oh, Hey, yeah, you're right. He, uh, Andrew added a third news item. MF doom, uh, Died in October. Really. I guess it'd be like Adult Swim related. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, he's he's a pretty influential character in our circles, so you know, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's sad to learn. Yeah, that's that sucked. Um, I know Justin the, was the, was taken really off. Uh, yeah, kilter. he was messaging me about it for a while. Yeah, but it, th- we say in October because he nobody told the the media or anybody about it, so. He died in October, and they're just now releasing information about that happening. They haven't said how it happened. They've just said that he passed in October, right. which is sad. Um. Oh, and there was that wrestler guy that died, and I, I don't have his name right now, Um. but he was part of uh, WWE and AEW, and, and by all accounts, a really great guy, and he, he died unexpectedly uh, last weekend as well. So sad day. It's is a sad, sad, sad day all around. Uh, but we did have Christmas, so that was nice. We did have Christmas. All right. Did you get any movies for Christmas? Because I didn't. I did not. You know what? I also forgot that a new Doctor Who episode came out, uh, like on New Year's Day. The New Year's episode, yeah. I haven't watched that one either. Yeah. That's that's going to be on my list to watch this week for sure. Um, but there, Oh, and I guess I did see today that there are rumors going around. It's not official news yet. But there are rumors that this is uh, Jodie Whittaker's last season as the Doctor, which kind of fits because it's her third season. Um, yeah. But Chris Chibnall is staying on, and they're looking for the next Doctor. Nice. Yeah. It could be you. Uh, it probably won't be me. No, I was saying to the listener, oh. if, you, if you're an English actor, it could be you, yeah. listener. All the English actors that are listening to the show. I assume there's one. We met our quota. One. (laughs) Uh, All other English actors can just go listen to another podcast. Thank you. Yeah, they're not listening to us. They're listening to other things. Yeah. Uh, The, I don't know, Cinema Wizards. There you go. Well, no, we already have a show that's Talking Wizards, so we can technically sue them. Oh, perfect. Yep. Yeah, I guess we are now part of the Retro Warriors radio network or whatever. We, I mean, we kind of were before, but... Uh, yeah, well, I guess it's expanded to include a separate feed, and now it is a network. Yeah. Well, I mean, Talking Wizards is still not on a separate feed. That's still only on the Patreon. Right, so it's part of the Retro Warrior feed. I think the fact that we have a Retro Warrior property as a separate podcast means it's now officially a podcast network. Network, okay. That's what you're going for. Got it. Yeah. Thanks for coming along on that ride. I was I was here. You were here. You know what? That's about the best I can say about 2020 as well. I was here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Well, let's uh let's get into it. All right. Let's I'm sorry. I'm just really reluctant to get into it cuz I know I'm going to make people Well, we got to we got to dive in sometime. Let's dive into the deep end. All right. Let's get into it. Hello everybody. Wonder Woman 1984. Let's talk. Um, 
just a brief overview before we get into the spoiler section. I mean, it is a brand new movie, so we don't want to talk too much about it. But to give you an idea of what it is about, in case you haven't seen it and you're using us as a guide whether or not to see it. Um, a car dealer type businessman uses the power of an ancient crystal to grant wishes and take power. Wonder Woman must overcome her own personal desires in order to save the day. Also, a cheetah origin story is there somewhere for some yeah. reason. Yeah, that movie is, this movie is technically more a cheetah origin story than it is anything else. I don't know why I said it like that. Origin? Like an orange, origin story. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I guess from that, per, uh, if you look at it from that perspective, I can see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, Max Lord was, was a particularly memorable, memorable villain, but he did have his, his whole entire arc. And then Cheetah was just kind of left hanging at the end to a I certain mean, really extent. Like, yeah. I mean, like really it was like this movie was a Cheetah origin story and I don't really know why they... I don't. We'll talk about it. I don't. It does the same thing that it always does as a DC movie, and I don't know why <laughs> we can't. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Released on Christmas Day, twenty twenty, uh, on HBO Max and in theaters. That's the twenty fifth. For yeah. anyone that doesn't know. Oh uh, yeah, December twenty fifth for you non Christmas people. I Christmas guess people. I don't know. That's okay. Um, it, it's been in development for a while. I mean, uh. I think it was expected after the first Wonder Woman came out and did well and and was generally a good movie uh, that there was going to be a second movie. Um, so back in 2017, um, Patty Jenkins, uh, when she signed her deal to direct Wonder Woman, only uh, signed on to direct one movie. Um, but in, in June of 2017, expressed interest in directing the sequel if they were going to do it. Uh, Jeff Johns that same month said that he and Patty were, had started a treatment for the sequel. Um, but WD, WD, WB was, was pretty mum about whether or not, uh, that was actually happening. Um, but eventually, uh, they did announce the movie in July of 2017, about a month later. Uh, at the time it was called Wonder Woman 2, cause I guess they hadn't settled on a time period yet. A time period 70 years after the first movie, which is problematic for a number of reasons. And we'll get into that too. Um, in September of 2017, WB officially confirmed that Jenkins was going to be the director. Um, and then a year later they announced it to be wonder woman, 1984. Um, and insiders originally described it as a standalone, uh, episodic adventure in the same vein as like an Indiana Jones or James Bond movie. Um, which I kind of have problems with those uh, attributions uh, simply because Indiana Jones has a little bit of loose continuity um, between some of the movies. I mean, James Bond, the recent James Bond movies also have loose continuity between them. Right. And even the original James Bond movies, there was a run there of like three or four movies that dealt with uh, James Bond getting married, Blofeld killing his wife and the revenge thereof. Which I, I don't remember so which like, movies those were, but I think it ended in Diamonds Are Forever. So like the Bourne movies. Right. So I don't know. That's an apt description. Um, but also just give it, this movie that brings back a central character from the first movie uh, is clearly a direct sequel to the first movie. And you kind of need some of that background to know what's going on. Maybe not direct sequel, but it is a sequel. Yeah. Well, I mean, it continued the 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 Diana and Steve story directly. Well, now you've now you've ruined the trailers. 
Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. If you haven't seen the trailer, I just ruined the trailer for you. Please don't go watch it. My bad. Uh, I I mean, like, I would say, like, a direct sequel would be, like, a movie that came after the first one recently after, not 70 years later. Yeah, and in my opinion, if it had been, like, Wonder Woman 1929, would have been a better movie. You don't know that. You don't know what that movie would have been. Oh, yeah? We'll get into it later. It's in my notes. Oh. Okay. Actually, I don't think it's in you, my notes, but I'll talk about you it. You scripted a 1929 movie? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. Let's go. Get uh, through it. I well, want to hear this. Well, I still got to go through development, dude. We're still in development. Well, just keep going. Just, just, just fire it out. I want to hear this me. 1929 movie. Don't rush me. All right. Jeez. <laughs> angry side. I'm just kidding. You can, you can rush me. It's fine. Okay. I still love you. Um, <laughs> it was originally slated to release in December of 2019. Uh and then was moved up uh, to November of 2019 and then delayed to June 5th of 2020. Uh, I don't know why. I know why, excuse me, they said when they got it moved to June 5th of 2020, that's the weekend they wanted it originally anyway, like the the, the directors and writers and stuff, the people who worked on the movie, mm-hmm. but the studio had given them the earlier release dates. So I think there was some campaigning mm-hmm. behind the scenes to get that delay. Um, Weird. And then due to the coronavirus shutting down the world, the film was delayed again to October 2nd. Um, But after Tenet tried to release in August, uh, I think it was a week later, they announced, oh, no, we're going to delay this to December 25th. And I think it was in November they announced that it was coming directly to HBO Max. Maybe in October, somewhere. in It all worked out in the end for consumers. Yeah, I think it worked out great. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long anticipated movie. Um, you know, it had been in development for a while, uh, you know, people have been expecting it. And so there was, there's a lot of buildup and hype for this movie. Um, and I think that might have worked against it as well. Uh, at least in my head. Um, yeah, it was directed by Patty Jenkins. As we mentioned, the, uh, the story was written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns. Um, I think Jeff Johns is involved in a lot of DC movies as, as a screenwriter or story developer, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Look it up. I mean, I know he is a comic writer, but, um, and I'm pretty sure he's pretty heavily or was heavily involved in the Arrowverse at one point. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, starring, uh, Gal Gadot or is it Gal Gadot? Is that how you pronounce her name? I think it's Gal Gadot. I don't think it's Gal. I don't think it's like the feminine version version of my name. I believe it is pronounced with a, like a gaw. Oh, it can't be. I see how it Although... If I needed to change my name to the feminine vo- version of my name, I would, would totally go with Gal. 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 I don't know. Somebody tell us. Anyway, uh, as Diana Prince slash Wonder Woman, Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva slash Cheetah, uh, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord slash Donald Trump. Oh. We'll get into that. Uh, and then Chris Pine returns as Dead Steve Trevor. Supporting roles, Robin Wright as uh, Antiope. I don't remember how to pronounce her name. I know it's not Antiope. It is Antiope, actually. Is it really? Antiope. Antiope, Antiope. Antiope. No, I don't know. (laughs) And then Connie Nielsen is uh, Hippolyta, I believe is how they pronounce it in this movie. You did it. You correctly did it. Yeah. Maybe it's Antiope. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Critical responses, Rotten Tomatoes, 60%, critic score, 70, uh, excuse me, 60% critic score, 70%, uh, 74% audience score, 
which honestly surprised me. Um, again, didn't enjoy it. Metacritic, uh, 60%. Again, user score 4.2 out of 10, which is more in line with uh, the chatter that I've seen online anyway. Uh, so I guess let's give our, our, our light review and then, and then we'll get into, uh, spoilers and we, and, and we have feedback this time y'all, but we're not going to reread our feedback until we get to the spoiler section because spoilers. Um, I would say my, my opinion of this movie, if you couldn't tell is just disappointment. Um, like I said, there was a lot of hype leading up to it. I was excited to watch this movie. I'm not. I'm not the kind of person that's going to hate on this movie just because it's like a, a, a movie starring a woman with like a woman lead, right? Like I think you guys have listened to the show long enough that you know that's not me. But holy God, I hate this movie so much. Um, it's I wanted to like it, but there's just so many things that I couldn't get past uh, to care about for the story or feel like the characters are making any kind of rational decision that real world characters would make given the same circumstances. So... You know, if, if you want me to believe Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman, then I can't believe that she's not over her dead uh, boyfriend 70 years later is, is my biggest issue. But uh, what do you think, Andrew? Well, I thought it was definitely not the worst DC movie. Um, in fact, I think it's better than the first Wonder Woman movie. Wait, uh, what? Yep, I do think it's better than the first Wonder mm, Woman movie. Why? Um, I thought the first Wonder Woman movie was not very... Like, they didn't really let her be her own person in that movie, and she was kind of just shuffled around by everyone else around her. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair... I think it's a fair assessment. And so... It felt less of a, I think like the problem was to to me, it felt like less of a feministic movie, which everybody was touting it to be because it was basically Wonder Woman being told where to go by a bunch of men. And uh, that kind of took me out of it. Plus that has the worst. Uh, so I, all DC movies have uh, what I call the DC ending or they DC'd it mm-hmm. at the end. Um, and that is uh, low lighting, to cover up poor CG digital effects. Um, and the best movie in the DC universe that's done it is Shazam, still low lighting, still at night, but they had bright lights everywhere right. and the CG was good. Uh, the worst one, I think, is Wonder Woman, the first one, because it was the darkest ending movie um, with some really bad... See, you could tell the CG effects were not that great at the end during the fight scene. It's always during the last fight scene. Yeah. And this movie did it too. Well, um, and I would say, I mean, to, to, to add on to that or to add some extra context is, is, uh, the, the, the ending, uh, the theatrical ending of the original wonder woman movie was studio driven. Um, Patty, Patty Jenkins came out during the tour for this movie or the press tour for this movie. Um, and, and basically said, yeah, no, I had a different ending, but WB made me change it and add all the CGI fight scene. Right. I'm not blaming Patty Jenkins for it. No, sure. I'm, I, I'm I know you're not. I just all all Warner context. Brothers DC movies have this like really just fucking garbage, <laughs> low light, low light. And like, they're like, I blew the CG money on all the rest of the movies. So now we just have to like 
they don't want to show the Wolverine origins like CG that they have at the very end. Mm -hmm. So they're like, let's make it dark and spooky. That way they can't tell it's cartoon effects. Um, anyway, yeah. that aside, well, and I, I, I don't know, sorry, sorry. Just one more thing. I think also, uh, in the first wonder woman, she did get shuff shuffled around a lot and told where to go, et cetera, et cetera. But she also did a, she also spent a good portion of the movie bitching about not being able to do it and then being headstrong and going and doing what she wanted anyway. Uh, like that scene where she crossed no man's land, where she went to confront Ares on her own. She left. Right. That's Mascara like on her the own. only good, like the only like good scene, or I guess the best scene from that movie is her going through no man's land. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, it's I, also, I, it's also been like what, four years since I've, seen, I've only seen it <laughs> once in theaters. So, ah, uh, see, I rewatched it. Uh, yeah. In preparation for this. Um. All right. Um. Anyway. Well. I. Well. Okay. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. That, was that the end of mine? I mean, it's the end of what you wrote. But if the, you got more, go was, for it. That was basically it. Yeah. No. I. I still. Spoiler free. Are we? Are we getting into spoilers yet? Or no. Are we doing our. Okay. We are not getting into spoilers yet, sir. Good. Just. Uh. I don't know. Would you recommend for people who haven't seen it, who are going to pause our show and and maybe go watch it? Would you recommend it? If you already have HBO Max, uh, then I would say definitely it's worth your time or it's not going to feel like time wasted in my opinion. Um, but if you have to pay for it or go see it in theaters, maybe wait until you have HBO Max or it's like 10 bucks on iTunes or whatever. Yeah, I think. But I, I would I would not pay full price for it. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat where, I, you know. Maybe uh, if you have HBO Max, then yeah, sure. Watch it. You know, it's entertaining enough, but ultimately it's disappointing to me. You know, if you enjoyed the first one, it's it's worth it's worth a shot. But honestly, I think it's a worse movie than the first one. But Andrew, Andrew disagrees with me. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, you got a 50 50 shot if you like the first one, whether or not you like this one. If you didn't like the first one, you may like this one. I don't know. It really just matters if you have good taste like me or bad taste like guy. That's what it all comes down to. What if you have no taste? Then you'll... Uh, I don't... Uh, that, that doesn't <laughs> compute. I don't know. I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> uh, that was great. All right. Well, um, then let's get into spoiler territory. Spoiler zone. Spoiler zone. Pew, pew, pew. So first things first, uh, let's get into listener feedback. Uh, GTGG9, I don't know what that means, but if you want to elaborate on that, you can write back in for the next show. Um, says, are we not supposed to talk about Diana basically date raping a man because she sees him as Steve Trevor? Because I feel like we're not supposed to talk about Diana sleeping with an unconscious man without his consent and then having a conver casual conversation with him about his appearance at the end of the movie. That's implying that that man was still in his body at the time. You know, that's another point I have is, is just, is that man like just there? Like, and he can see everything that's happening. I don't know. Yeah. I, like, I think, you know, um, I have, this as my first point of notes to talk about, but it's a good time. Even, I was going to say, maybe it. he's in a coma and I was like, well, even if he was in a coma, that's still like raping a man in a coma. Right. It's, this is one of the it's things weird I that was, they would do that. This is one of the things that I was talking about earlier, where if you want me to believe that Wonder Woman is Wonder Woman, a symbol of truth and virtue, a, uh, a demigod 
Daughter of Zeus, Fighter for Truth, Justice, and I suppose the American Way. Whatever. I guess that's Superman, but whatever. You want me to believe that this this lady is uh, ultra conscientious of what's going on and wants to make the world a better place, has zero problem with her dead boyfriend taking over the body of another person. I mean, to be fair, Zeus would have no problem with that. True, true. Zeus would have no problem with that. <laughs> or any of the Greek gods, really. They're all kind of shitheads, so. Yeah. So, I don't I don't think this, that Wonder Woman, Paragon of Virtue, is... Uh, I just... I, I, I can't get past that. I cannot. I've tried... Is Wonder Woman a Paragon of Virtue? Uh, I mean, she's got the lasso of truth. Like, her entire speech is about how yeah, you but can't start not, things with a lie... She's a but it's not her power. Truth. That power is the, the lasso. It's truth itself. <laughs> Again, you are correct. Uh, <laughs> it's just God. I I don't know. I, you didn't you didn't expect me. I'm I'm still gonna like try to argue with you just because it's fun. No, I I I, per, I I do agree with this point. Yeah, she like raped that dude. Like no matter what. Right. But you know, and you can't. I've heard people try and make the argument that, well, maybe she didn't know or it just didn't occur to her or whatever. All she sees is Steve. All she sees is Steve. First off, no. No. <laughs> she sees his face. He references at some point he's looking in the mirror and she's like, ah. Right. Like she sees that dude's face. But all she sees is Steve. And then you might make the excuse, well, she saw his face, but maybe she just thinks that he he, he was materially created by her wish or whatever, uh, right. out of nothing. But no, they go back to his apartment and sleep together. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Right? She's in the apartment of a stranger with who clearly lived in space with like the family and, and daily activity and sees nothing wrong. Absolutely Can I derail? nothing wrong. Can I derail this for five seconds? Sure. Uh, that dude's like bed like the bed headboard mm -hmm. that was kick-ass man you had like a control panel there and speakers <laughs> coming out the side like that'd be a super cool uh like head headrest to have anyway yeah no you're you're right i mean that that's definitely there were a lot of plot issues with this movie um that i think a lot of people may not have thought about the first time they watched it including the like just him and another guy's body um well, yeah it's definitely weird and not like cool but and, pa and patty jenkins retweeted or responded to a tweet about somebody who was drawing parallels between the steve trevor storyline uh, inhabiting a body and the body switching um sort of uh trope that was going on in the 80s um and she she responded to it and said yes exactly um, so she's out there defending this decision. So it's not even like it wasn't considered and it was and it's accidental. It's a purposeful mm. decision and it's supposed to be, you know, related to like, uh, was it, was that movie with Fred Savage vice versa? Um, and uh, never seen it. Various body, body switching things that happened in the eighties. They're like freaky Friday, for example. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and, and things like that. And and yeah, it's 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 a purposeful illusion, but in twenty twenty, <laughs> it has different connotations. 
But if it's body switching, does that mean that guy got like switched into his like skeleton buried somewhere and he's just like banging on a coffin the whole time? <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Like, that Please, was... I'm a skeleton. Why? He had a strange one week dream. Yeah. Where he was like, I'm just stuck here and I can't breathe because I don't have lungs, but I can still think, but I don't have a brain. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. I was about to ask, how's he banging without muscles? But you're right. He doesn't have a he's brain. A skeleton. He's thinking so. Okay. And it's a movie about superheroes. There can be skeletons. What? Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. You know what? As long as the world is logically consistent, I can, I can get into it. Um, all right. So that's our first feedback. The <laughs> way, way to start feedback. Holy shit. Um, all right. So Ebby cell wrote in and said, I think the whole recent quote unquote, rescinding my wish thing seemed like a plot, a uh, plot cop out. However, I did like the movie overall. And did Kristen Wiig get two wishes or did Mando give her the apex predator just because, and if she didn't rescind her wish, did she stop being the cat because Mando rescinded his wish? Is she still out there? When she was the apex cat, cat predator, did she lose her Diana qualities? Also, why couldn't Asteria at the end be involved a bit more? Like them bumping into each other and not figuring it out. I was hoping to see little Diana compete the next time and smash them as well. All valid points. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I have my thoughts on the whole Kristen Wick thing because it seemed like she got the first wish from the stone itself, not from uh, Max. Mm-hmm. So her second wish was technically from Max, who was also the stone, which I have something I want to talk about that as well. Um, like I have problem. I like this movie, but I have problems with it. Well, sure. I mean, talk, talk about it. Let's, let's bounce off of Ebucel's feedback and, and, and get into to those points that you got about it. So, I mean, like, and he says in the helicopter when they're flying, he says something like, I'm feeling generous or I'm feeling benevolent or something like that. What is your wish? And that's when she does the whole apex predator thing, um, which I've seen a lot of other comments online where it's like, well, she is already an apex predator as a human, which that's not incorrect. She is an apex predator already. Um, yeah, dude. So it has been long established in the retro warriors universe that a cheetah isn't even the most powerful cat. So I don't know how she got turned into a cheetah because it's not even the apex cat. I mean, this kind of leads into my problems with DC movies in general, which is that the the whole origin story, and now we have to have origin stories for villains, uh, is why can't we just have, I, I don't know, everyone knows who Wonder Woman is at this point. Like, can't she just fight some random person that's dressed like a cheetah, like, and everybody just accepts it? We had Guardians of the Galaxy, and nobody questions a fucking, like, raccoon or a tree, but we... Have to, I don't know, or or for that matter, Ronan, who just wants to destroy a planet for n- no real reason, right? Who's just an asshole, like he's right. like, I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look like an asshole? Yeah, I I don't like. It's it's weird to me that we still have to have weird, and in this case, a weird villain art like origin story that is kind of like weak. Like Cheetah's origin story is kind of like sort of a cop-out origin story right she's Um, basically she she basically wished to be wonder woman without knowing that she was wishing to be wonder woman and then got mad about it because she lost her humanity and well even then she wasn't mad about losing her humanity like she was like i'm fine with that like i as long as i get what i want uh the rescinding wish thing i'm okay with because they established it halfway into the movie that if you rescind your wish that it'll go away and when you're talking about magic, 
to begin with in granting wishes. It's not that far of a leap for me to believe that rescinding the wish would cancel it out, basically. Yeah, I actually had no problem with that particular plot device, to be honest. Um, you know, it, it clearly established the rules, and as long as the movie follows those rules, then fine. I, 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 it's, it's a magical MacGuffin. It can have whatever fucking rules it wants. Now, I do agree with uh, Ebusil's comment about whenever Max rescinded his wish, um, basically it took away the cheetah powers from uh, Barbara, but she still kept her, like, she still is lost her humanity and has Wonder Woman powers. And I've seen some stuff online that's like, well, maybe she can, like, at will turn into a cheetah kind of a thing, um, which is not really how it works in the comics as far as I understand, but... Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's a separate universe can have its own rules. Again, you know, whatever. I, my, my, I suppose my issue is how far does that rescinding go, right? Um, you right. Can, you kind of touched on it a bit, but if if Maxwell Lord rescinds his initial wish or, or whatever, however many, because he only made the one wish to become the stone. Right, and that's the other thing is is she would have had to rescind her wish as the cheetah because everyone else had to rescind their wishes across the globe. Right. Also, I had a problem with the whole fight scene at the end, wherever she electrocutes her to death or whatever, but she doesn't is not electrocuted herself, and that's not really how conduction works. I mean, it does if you're the daughter of Zeus. She's lassoing lightning for God's sake. I don't know. That's uh, that feels still feels like a. A stretch. Like I'm pretty sure in the comic she has the ability to control electricity. I don't I don't think I've ever read that, but I'm not I haven't read specific Wonder Woman comics. I've only read like Justice League and shit like that. So I've not I've never seen her like throw a lightning bolt or anything or lasso lightning or anything like that, but Right. I mean again it speaks volumes to me that the most believable part of the movie is her spider manning on lightning with a lasso. Oh, that wasn't mine. I, I watched that part and I was like, yeah, it's dumb. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I can get on board with that because she's the daughter of Zeus. So why not? Um, all right. So first off, uh, I already talked about the unbelievableness of, uh, Diana, not caring that this dude or that Steve Trevor is walking around in the body of uh, some rando dude who had thoughts and feelings before she made a wish. So that's, that's problematic, number one. Second, it is the year 1984. Mm. 1,984. Steve died, I'm assuming at the end of World War I, in 1917. That is 70 years mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... She is so not over literally the first man she ever met who died probably a week later for 70 fucking years to the point that she made a wish and was ready to give up her powers after realizing that's what was happening. Uh 70 years. I'm sorry. I know that there are people that are pining after people they knew 20, 30 years ago. For that matter, I've had a crush on a girl I met in fourth grade. Okay. I am not a stranger to being hung up on somebody that you have not talked to in a long time or even seen or even probably even knows not. your life. And that's uh, problematic, you know. But 
at the end of the day, I, I, I understand people who come to that point and say, well, I mean, it takes a while to get over somebody, but 70 years. Okay. My ex-wife five years ago ish discovered that she was gay ended our marriage. I fell in love with another girl, had my heart broken again, was ready to check out of this world for a few weeks. There wasn't, wasn't a great time to be a guy did not have the best mental health in the world. And now I'm in a place in a happy relationship with the lady that I love very much. Um, I have, I'm on great terms with, with my ex-wife. I'm feeling healthier and happier. I'm unemployed. So that's kind of affecting things, but whatever, generally feeling like I have things put together and have tried and and, am trying at love again because it's worth it. Right. Mm -hmm. Five years later, and you're telling me Wonder Woman having her Wonder Woman adventures, whatever there are, has not met a single person that piques her interest a little bit to help her start to move on for 70 years. Not, not a twinge of attraction, a modicum of, 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 I don't know, respite from these sad feelings not even a twinge of Twitter patient in 70 goddamn years. I have a theory I am about this. I am 38 years old. All right. I would have to live my entire conscious life again and then repeat it. And I would be about where Wonder Woman is. And I do not believe in no way if you triple my fucking lifespan that I'm not going to meet another girl if my girlfriend dumped me today or died today heroically. So no, I cannot get over that. The basic premise of this movie is fucked. I'm out. I can't do it. So my, my thing about that makes this believable is one Diana is the daughter of a demigod and is still the same age or looking the same age that she was during world war one that she is mm -hmm. in the 1980s. Mm -hmm. Um, she also is living in a time period between world war one and the eighties, which men in that time period were even, even now historically chauvinistic assholes that, uh, believed that women were under them. So it is semi believable that she would not find someone who, especially someone that is a, as attractive as her that is not going to really approach her other than guys that are assholes. Um, she seems to be very distant in the movie, and it kind of shows in the very beginning until Steve shows up. Of any man, she does not want to... She's not going on dates. She avoids the guy that like uh, works at the White House or whatever. The guy yeah. that uh, she's leaving the restaurant and the guy's like, hey, let's share a cab. She avoids that guy. Um, she just avoids like a man in general. So it seems like she hasn't really having a chance or have a chance because she hasn't given herself a chance to actually get close to any other men because of the loss that she had. Steve was really the first guy that she ever met. Met. Literally, the she fell in love with literally the first person that she met, which was a problem that I had with the first movie, but... Which could happen. Could happen. It's plausible. It's believable. He died. He seemed to be an exceptional, uh, literally exceptional uh, member of the human race, right? 
Like he is the exception to your typical 1917 man, I guess. Um, as, as you were saying, you know, so I, so I get that. I understand it. But I'm saying like your own, I, I understand your own personal journey that you have been through in your own personal experiences Mm-hmm. Um, and you not necessarily believing that, and that's okay. But I'm saying that her own personal experiences and journey is vastly different from yours because of the time period that she's in and because of her experiences that she's gone through. So it was believable for me to pine over somebody. And really what it seemed like was in the movie, because she didn't say, she didn't ever say her wish out loud. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her wish was said internally while she was holding it. Um, and it seemed more of like a, at this point, maybe she's over Steve. Maybe she's been, she's been over Steve for a while, but she was still like, you know, like if I wasn't married and I didn't have anybody and somebody was like, Oh, make a wish Andrew on this thing. I'd be like, you know, sure. I wish for this person to be in my life or whatever Mm -hmm. in a, in a relationship sense. And then it happens and now she has him back and now she has the chance to have more than a week with him. Mm-hmm. And now she's trying to live that life and wants to have more of a chance and doesn't want him to die again because she already died and watched him die once 70 years ago. And I've also had the experience of like liking a girl and then her not reciprocating and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then those feelings kind of dying. And then later on her kind of showing interest and then not, Mm-hmm. and then those feelings being woken up again and then having to die again. Sure. Which is why I say it would make sense if it was Wonder Woman 1924 or 1929. I, I don't know. I think the time difference would make sense for her just because she is basically immortal. I think that makes it less likely. Time for her passes in such a, a sense that I don't, you know... I, we don't actually know when she was born, right? Like how old she was when she was a kid or no. how how long it took for her to age. So Mm-mm. we don't know that. We don't know how long she was at quote unquote adult age before she left uh, Themyscira. We, we don't know any of that. Right. So she could be like 50 before. So, I mean, a lot of different culture, a lot of different media has been like or for like Dracula, for instance, where he's like. Oh, like a minute for for a year for you is like a minute for me kind of a thing. So really, 70 years would have been like 70 minutes. So she was still, you know, pining pretty hard. You mean, you mean oh, Chris pining? Just Chris pining real hard. I'm Chris pining real hard. <laughs> um, Always real hard when I'm Chris pining. <clears throat> but I, I don't know. I I disagree. I think that it's a believable. That That was the thing that I did not have an issue with. Um, I had other issues with this movie, but her still being attracted to somebody and still wanting to be with someone, especially someone that she didn't think she'd ever get to see again, was not unbelievable for me. Yeah, I, I, the, her, her making a wish, um, you know, when she's clearly like not over this dude, it, it makes sense. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense to me that she's not at least over him enough to, have moved on in any sense over, over the course of the, of that, that time span. And, and, and I suppose part, part of what, what evidence is that to, to me is the way that she has more or less like Steve shrines in her apartment. I mean, she has pictures. She doesn't have, I wouldn't call him shrine. She's got, she's got his watch. She's got yeah. uh, his picture or whatever. 
and she doesn't have the picture of them for because you know Batman hasn't found it yet or whatever. Right. And she's got the picture of her in Steve Trevor Farms or whatever it was. Right. And I when I think of a shrine, I'm thinking of like, hey Arnold, like Helga's shrine to Arnold, <laughs> where it's like made out of gum and like in his face and stuff like that. Right. But I mean, I would say like, I think it's one of those things where whenever she's trying to, which I watching the movie a second time. Uh, kind of made it, kind of slowed it down for me where I could more, I could better analyze what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I do think that the time period of her not wanting to let him go to letting him go was an appropriate amount of time in the movie. Yeah. Because I think it's like a, a day um, that she's like, no, I don't want to. And then they fly back to America. And then like after like seven hours, she's like, okay, I have to in order to save the world or whatever. And I think that's that's acceptable. Right. Like the entire like her uh, story arc is really realizing that uh, she doesn't need, uh, I'm going to sound super cliche when I say this, I'm sorry, but that she, she's come to the realization that she doesn't need a man and she can be a strong, independent woman. You don't need no man. Right. Um, and, and, and I, and I applaud that message. I applaud the, the, the idea that, that, that women are, are strong and I didn't independent. get that message so. <laughs> <laughs> from the movie. That's not, that's not what I gathered from it. Really? That, that seems yeah. to be her entire arc. Like she started out in a place where she was hooked on this dude and was eventually convinced, no, I don't need this guy to, to live my life to its fullest. Like she was kind of living a half life, um, in, in obscurity uh-huh. and, in and, and cut off, like you said, um, until she realized that she did not need to keep wallowing in that misery. I, that, I don't know that, that conclusion implies that she's like, well, it looks like I didn't need this guy after all, which I don't like, I, I half get, but I also like, I think it was more of her overcoming like the challenges of saving the world versus it was this, it was the greater good versus self scenario is what I got from it. Not uh, I don't need a man scenario, but maybe that's just what I was tracking in the movie. It's it's possible. I mean, the, the movie's going to speak differently to different people for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Before I pitch you 1929, I want to get through the rest of my stuff. But okay. Again, I was not emotionally invested in this movie, and yet it made me cry, and it pissed me off that I cried for the kid part. Yeah. Not. Yeah. They pulled on the the old kid heartstrings. Right. Like I don't, I don't mind admitting that I am a, I am a person that cries at movies. Like I'm not gonna like pretend like I'm this like stoic person. You're over thirty. It's okay. That's uh, I feel like you hit thirty and then you're like, oh, I have life experiences now, <laughs> and stuff makes you cry in movies. Right. Like I'm the kind of dad that I'm telling my kids all the time that I love them, and they tell me like at least like ten times a day that they love me, and it's great, and I love right. that, and it's not something that I necessarily had growing up. Right. That's not the relationship I had with my dad, for example. Right. Um, okay. so. I don't know how I said right like I know right I was there <laughs> I was there we share birthdays we're connected like that yeah mm-hmm. um so it's it was just it's I, I was t- I was talking to Justin about this um and it's one of my biggest fears as a parent is a scenario in which my child is walking around um alone and scared and and looking because for, you're a megalomaniac who has got granting wish powers right yeah right. <laughs> and it's, it's greatest greatest fear right like i didn't necessarily identify with max lord in that scenario but i identified hard with that kid right like he's right. he's walking around 
um, like he's at his dad's office and then he is, he's walking around, um, just like lost and calling for his dad. He almost got like trampled by just random mob people that a mob of people that went into his dad's office, which I don't understand why they would have, like, I understand him being a scared kid and running away, Mm -hmm. but they like the movie heavily implies that they're there to like kill the kid kind of. Right. And you know, I'm like, I don't understand that. And and Max uh, uh, seems to like care about his kid. Like he, it's that, that sort of cliched, Oh, I love my kid, but I'm too busy and greedy or whatever. Right. But there's this kid who's walking around screaming for his dad, like just dad, please come help me. And it's, yeah, it's the most like it, th- that, uh, that pulled on my heartstrings. And then also then like when they reunite and they're all like having their moment of like, you know, you don't have to wish for me to love you. Like clearly he did. Clearly right. he felt unloved I mean, because you were, that he, part, he, he sorry, he was, he was like going, or he he overheard him like, oh, how many fucking weekends do I have this stupid kid? You know? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you don't have to wish for me to love you. Fuck you. Yeah, he does. Uh, hey man he was under a lot of stress but he was like melting <laughs> from wishes which yeah but i was so emotionally like primed to cry from from just being seeing the scared child that that right. that that moment became touching and i i don't feel like it was earned in any way i don't think Ma- max lord really really learned his lesson necessarily it was it was definitely cheap and even then like even i recognized that that was a cheap uh Cheap grab at the feels for the parents. Yeah. Uh, Justin described it as an emotional hack, and I wanted to give him credit for that particular term. Yeah. I I do want to say something kind of on the funny note for whenever he's, like, making all the wishes before he goes to, like, the the television thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, his, his veins turn all black whenever he makes the wish with the president. Oh, yeah. And like he's like his face is melting, and I was I turned to my wife the second viewing, and I'm like, "Is this what happened when Giuliani was like making that press conference? Did he just grant a shitty <laughs> wish to, to Trump, and Trump <laughs> lost the election because of it?" Like, it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> good. Um, where was he going with that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so I I don't know. I, I guess speaking of you know, and 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 as as politics free as we want to be. There, there are strong parallels between uh, Max Lord and and Donald Trump. Um, I read an article about this today too. Oh, did you? What, what did the article say? Because I'm, I'm going to talk unintelligibly about it just by saying, like, like clearly this person is wishing for good things to happen, and they kind of fall in his lap, and he takes advantage of it, which seems very Trump. Um, Pedro Pascal wanted to do Donald, basically do Donald Trump. Oh, okay. So he modeled the character originally after Donald Trump. And I think like two other failed businessmen mm-hmm. and um, famous businessmen that I don't remember their names. And um, Patty Jenkins, that's the, I'm scrolling up. Yeah, that's her name. Yeah. Uh, she told him to not do that. So I feel like part of that probably still came through, but she told him that she didn't want him to do Donald Trump, probably for obvious reasons. Um. Yeah, and I I like the character that he kind of came up with. I think his wig was terrible. What a what a terrible wig! I have a problem with Pedro Pascal's face, and I don't know what it is. Oh man, that's weird. Yeah, oh, that's well, a weird I, sentence. I, have I know. a problem with your face, sir. Well, I, <laughs> like I I guess I like he his face has changed a lot from when he played uh, the character that he played in Game of Thrones, and I don't know. Right. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that is, and I don't. I don't want to make like fun of him per se. Probably gained weight. Like, yeah, it seems like he gained some like face weight. Yeah, it seems like he gained face weight, or his face is more swollen than it was at the time, and and that that could be weight. That could be a medical issue. I don't know. Could uh, be weight. Could be uh, alcoholism. Could be coke bloat. I don't want to say that he does any of those things. Right. But those are usual. Uh, face gain, face weight gain things. Right, but if you so. look at Pedro Pascal in that in in Game of Thrones, and you look at him in this movie or The Mandalorian, he looks like a different person, uh, or he looks like the same person, just a little bit swollen, I guess. And <laughs> it's uh, well, what happened is every time uh, before they filmed, he got stung with bees in his face. Oh, uh, I thought maybe filmed, like yeah. the mountain really crushed his face in that scene. No, it was a, it was a choice. The, the bee stings. <laughs> There's therapeutic bee stings. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know why I wanted to mention that other than it just throws me off. Like when he took his, his helmet off in, in the Mandalorian, I was like, wow, what happened to his face? Jesus. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's, you know, but it, it, again, he, I think he, he's a good actor and, and, and he, I think he had a great performance and I like, like you, I enjoyed his character. Right. I think he did a great job. I think his wig was terrible. Um, I don't know why they did like the, the split, I mean, like five second scene of him as like a young entrepreneur, like setting everything up before he's trying to create his uh, mm-hmm. uh, business. They did CG face on him. Yeah. And I I don't know why they just, just didn't do makeup for the five seconds of like scene that he was in. I don't think it would have made a difference, but. Because they could. It, I could, because I definitely t- could tell that it was CG. Right. All right. Well, we're. Kind of getting long on time, so I'm going to like fire through these other problems that I have. All right, and I'm going to comment on them. I'll try to fire through the comments. All too. right, great. Okay, the jet that he steals, uh-huh. setting aside the fact that it's a 1984 era jet, right? Which I th- that he which shouldn't know how to fly. That he Got shouldn't it. know how to fly. That he somehow does. Right. Just knows the right yeah. buttons to press. Had a problem with that too. Right. Um, like theoretically the thought, the throttle controls are similar, you know, your, your foot controls and your steering are going to be the same, but all the other buttons. No. All right. Mm-hmm. So setting that, I don't know how to fly a jet, so I have no idea. Right. Setting that aside, it's a show slash museum piece. Why the fuck does it have fuel in it to get them to the middle East? And again, setting aside that I'm not sure that that particular plane even has the range to get from DC to the Middle East on one tank of gas. So I haven't researched it, but I would hope that they would have researched at least that that jet has the capacity to fly that distance. Again, I have no idea, uh, but I do agree with you. I don't know why it has the gas to get there. I would assume that they would have enough gas to get it from where it's at to like a hangar for repairs or something like that. Right. And then back to the show area. Yeah. I mean, I would think that they would have some sort of fuel on because on, because it's backed up to a runway, but maybe not. I don't know. I would assume that it's a working plane. I didn't. That was never in, in any doubt in my head, even though it was at a museum. Yeah, to to me, it that, that's in complete doubt because if it's a museum piece, if I I, I guess it de- it depends on if it's a display piece or up uh, something that like people like an interactive exhibit where people can get in it. Right. I actually don't. Well, I don't even know if it's a museum piece because it was on the runway, and I don't think I've never been to DC, so I do not know if the Smithsonian is actively next to a runway. Uh, well, I mean, supposedly they broke into the Smithsonian to get it right. Like she had access to it from her credentials. 
but is there a runway next to the Smith like on the Smithsonian? I don't think so, but where then else I would, would it fucking be? She has the credentials to get onto the military. I don't know, man. Yeah, right? That was definitely a plot hole. Like, it, no, no questions there. And then, but I just went with it because I was like, "It's a movie. Let's go." And like, then they fly their invisible plane through a right. fireworks show. Yep. Okay. I have no problem with that. Yeah, there's no setting aside that they could. I made a joke that he was like, "I've got fireworks too," and then he launches his payload and drops <laughs> it in the city. <laughs> It'd be great when whenever he's like watch this like he just like <laughs> drops his payload and she's like what are you doing <laughs> i also don't know that they do they have did they have planes in 1984 that were double cockpit like i thought they were one person in the front one person in the back i didn't know there was two front uh, yeah i mean like seaters. world war ii bombers for example had uh like double cockpit. right but not a they're in a jet yeah i don't know I, i'd have to look in, in i don't know specific either. model Anyone that knows, uh, let us know. Yeah, Comment, I'm sure my dad uh, can tell you off the top of his head, and he worked on planes like for a long subscribe. time. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Rate us on iTunes. <laughs> um, but, like, why Why are they flying through? Like, uh, fireworks aren't that high in the air. Why are they flying that low? Because they're invisible and they can do what they want. Honestly. Okay, it's well, true. whatever. That's yeah. fine. That's that's as good a reason as this, this fucking movie gets anyway. <laughs> Um, speaking of the Middle East, their portrayal of Middle Eastern cultures was not exactly amazing. I right. think is the most polite way I can put that. I'm sorry. I just, I looked at my notes and I had another response to you not liking, uh, her being in love with a guy after 70 years. Oh, and yeah, it, was and it, it was just, you could say she's fallen for a new man. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> said he said whenever he takes the stone he says i I wish to be the stone itself Uh and i don't know why he didn't turn into the stone and just die like because he didn't i don't know why he didn't say i wish to have your powers they also never explain why he's hurt by the stone like why that's affecting his body they never explain why there's this negative thing that's happening no, um, they did not. The movie drags in a lot of places. It feels like it should should not have been over two hours long. Um, My last note is just, why is the cheetah fight in the dark? But you, you already addressed that for the most part. I explained it. It's DC'd, man. That's what they do. They always fight I think in that the dark. one just bugged me because that fight takes place in Colorado at the same time that it is daytime in DC. At like, Yeah. Well, you know, it got, there was an eclipse. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. A Colorado eclipse, eclipse. I forgot about those. Uh, fun fact, Kristen Wiig played another Barbara in Flight of the Concords where she played a character named Barbara. <laughs> um, and that was a whole joke. Oh, when the kids appear <laughs> during the chase scene in, the, in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And they just randomly show up in the middle of a road in the middle of the desert <laughs> and they don't prep that like later on you see that there's like kind of like a, a small town or a village, mm-hmm. but they don't really prep that. So they're just in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden there's kids in the road and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why are these kids here? Yeah. And also the the fact the kids don't know, notice that there's a giant chase happening and how how dumb the the bodies look whenever she grabs them and she's like falling on the ground 
that they didn't CG them moving in any way. They're literally just stiff dolls. And even in the final cut, like she's just got like these stiff doll children. Oh yeah. She's clearly wrestling mannequins to the ground. Yeah. It's, it looks, it just looks terrible. And it's awful. Um, I don't, I didn't even, I had such a problem with the CG in this movie that it didn't even make my list of shit. That's wrong with this movie. Like the, their entire, like I, I am convinced that the opening like Olympic scene or whatever it was, was just for Mm -hmm. them to get you used to the shitty physics that the CG was going to be for the rest of the movie. I have very little problem with the beginning of the movie. I don't have a problem with the beginning of the movie. I just think that the, uh, the way that the, the, the characters move in that movie through, through the CG, uh, because they're, they're Amazonians and, and, Right. You know, they're, they're supposed to move a little funky is teeing you up to be used to the, the shitty physics so they could skip, save money on CG work down the line. Yeah. I, um, this movie really has shown me that Gal Gadot's not a, a great actress. Cause I did not believe any of the scenes that she's with Steve, like sad about him maybe going away mm-hmm. was not believable. Like I didn't believe she was sad about it, and I didn't believe that she she delivered her lines poorly. I can see that. I you know I believed her when she was like in the scene right before she rescinded her wish or whatever, um, and they were like face to face, and she was like, "No, I don't want to do this." I believed that portion of it, um, but but it sounds like that did not work for you, eh? No, no, she just she was the she was kind of the weak link in this movie for me. I can see that. I think surprisingly Kristen Wiig, which I didn't expect her to be. <laughs> My wife is like, we watched the movie and she was like, Hey, if I told you, um, however many years ago that Barbara from flight of the Concords was going to be the cheetah in a wonder woman movie in a triple a movie title. Uh, how, how much would you laugh at me? And I said, I would laugh so hard that you would never think I was a viable candidate for you to marry. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a weird choice, but she did a good job. Right. Like, I think she did. I think she, I think she did a good job. Chris, Chris, you know, Pine always did a good, does a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that out of the main actors of this movie, I think that Gal Gadot was the weak one out of them. I, I would agree with that. I, I don't know that she necessarily brings anything special to the role of Wonder Woman, you know? Right. Um, which, which, is is also something I sort of had a problem with in in the way that the movie banks on her, on her looks, um, and, and they play off of it a bit in, in you know, um, Barbara saying that she did, you know she doesn't think that that or Diana seems like the kind of person who was popular, blah blah blah, right? Uh, right. So they said so they do kind of address it head on, which is why I didn't really have a problem with it, but it but it did feel like a lot of the premise of the movie was oh I wish I was as pretty as you, right? Yeah, which kind of brings me to the beginning of the movie with Barbara where they try so, so hard to make her unpopular mm-hmm. or seem unpopular. Yeah. Like it, it almost seems like, like, like you can tell how hard they're trying. Like, Oh, nobody notices me. And then like somebody comes up and they're like, who are you? I'm looking for a famous doctor that works here and basically is running 
four or five different programs at the Smithsonian. Who are you again? Oh, I'm that doctor that's running four or five different programs at the Smithsonian. Oh, okay. Well, we never met before. Actually, we have met. And I'm like, nobody, there's not a single like, like doctor running programs at a museum that their boss doesn't know who they are. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that'd be like having, you know, a, a, I don't know, a CFO that the CEO doesn't know, right? Like it's just inherent in that position that you're going to know who that fucking person is. Well, and the fact that it seems like she's worked there for a while. She has her own office. It's filled with shit. Yeah. Um, like there's stuff everywhere and all the other doctors don't know who she is and won't help her. And like all the other like Smithsonian leaders of whatever department that they are. Right. And I, I, it just like it feels high schooly, and I don't think, I would hope that a major institution like the Smithsonian in the '80s would not treat their other employees like a high school, like anything. Yeah, no, for sure. It's so that part was very unbelievable for me. But that was also me, like, very much trying to dissect this movie the second time around, which, the first time around, I thought it was an enjoyable movie yeah it, it just it doesn't hold up very well all right real quick wonder woman 1929 the entire premise of this movie uh was basically how uh greed is bad right mm-hmm. like it's playing off the gordon gecko 1980s greed is good um and and showing that no it's bad and it's it, it's supposed to be or i don't know if it's supposed to be but it read to me like uh, a sort of allegory for things that we are going through currently, right? Um, to where there's a lot of, of income inequality. There's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I suppose, greed, it, whether it's in corporations or individual people and billionaires and stuff. Um, and it's, and it's trying to sort of teach this lesson that y- you can't always have more or things will destabilize. Right. Right. 1929 the cause of the stock market crash is the same shit we're going through now. Right? Similarly. Right? It's just, there's a concentration of wealth at the top and eventually the system crumbled because of that. Or, or that was the, the it, at the very least a symptom of, of what was going on. Um, so you can make this movie be 12 years after the first movie. It makes the love thing more believable you could have Max Lord instead of being Max Lord be like John D. Rockefeller, and then you could have you could you could scale the scope down so that it's like only affecting New York or whatever, right? I think part of the problem is that right. it tried to be is the movie tried to be too big, but you could you or could scale like it talking on the radio and he's like, "Give me wishes on the radio." Right, you you have less less field that you can interact with, right? It's I could see that, and then. On top of that, you could deal with, hey, just because we rescinded these wishes doesn't mean things reset. Somebody still has to go and deal with the the, the depression that you started by being a shitty capitalist, right? The consequences of the depression. Right. right. So you don't magically make everything go away. It would have fit so much better. They just got excited about doing it in the 80s because the 80s were cool when they were developing it. Yeah, I would say I I did pick up the underlying uh, idea of this movie of at the end whenever he or near the end when he says, but why not have more? And I I just turned to my wife and I was like, capitalism. Yay. Right. 
And so if you're going to make a movie that dissects capitalism but isn't happening in current times, then the perfect time to do that is leading up to the Great Depression, which fits in with the timeline of the first stupid fucking movie. Oh, I'm so mad about this movie. But that would be more expensive because then they'd have to do uh, the tw- the 20s instead of the 80s. Why the fuck would that be more expensive? Because then they wouldn't have the money from Nike that they got for showcasing a bunch of Nike shoes. Oh, that uh, is a fair point. That is a fair point. Because Nike wasn't around as far as I'm aware of in the 1920s. Yeah, dude. Um, so I did notice that this time around. I was like, why is everyone wearing Nike? Why do they keep holding up <laughs> Nike shoes? And I'm pretty sure the, the the shoes that Kristen Wiig are wearing whenever she's, or is wearing whenever she's like jogging, I'm like, I'm pretty sure those are like nowadays shoes. <laughs> Probably. Like, I don't think, like, I, I would hope that Nike would have been like, yeah, we've got like plans for our old shoes and we'll do like a kickback thing or whatever. I don't know, whatever. Anyway. But yeah. I don't know. Kind of just, I will, I do want to say one last thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that uh, Wonder Woman's theme the music, because we didn't really talk about it, but her theme is my favorite DC theme song. Oh, yeah, it's a great one. I love it. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. I think it's uh, it's the most memorable theme of the, of the DCEU, at least. It is the only one that I remember, because I'm like, oh, this theme's in these other movies, and my wife is like, yeah, because it's Wonder Woman's theme. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Okay, that's why it's in Batman versus Superman and Justice League. All right, you got any final thoughts there? Uh, I still stand by that it's a decent movie and is worth at least a 70%. Um, it's definitely not a great movie, but I don't think it's a, a bad movie. Hmm. 50%, All right. 60%, 70%, somewhere around there. One of those percentages. You'll get it right eventually. One of those percentages. I think it's worth watching but not having to pay full price for. So if your mom takes you, then, you know, have at. Forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for shitty movie. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> truth. That's the main thing about this movie. Yeah. And the truth is you should not pay full price for it. Yeah. Uh, my final thoughts, I rescind my wish to see this movie. Well, that's just sad. Right. That's that's your fault for getting hyped. I learned a long time ago, <laughs> don't get hyped for movies or anything because you'll only be disappointed. It's like never meet your heroes, kid. I mean, that's part of the reason I stopped watching trailers, to be honest. I still watch trailers. I love trailers. They're great. Well, if you do want to see it, uh, like we've been talking, uh, it's on HBO Max. You can probably still catch it in theaters along with the coronavirus. So uh, don't go to the theaters, please. Jesus. All right. Well, if you wear a mask and have proper procedures, then you should be fine. If you rent out an entire theater for yourself, which some theaters are offering, all right, fine. Um, it's only like 300 bucks. Yeah. Um, That's an expensive movie. I would not spend that on this movie. No, don't do that. Yeah. Unless you have, I don't know, people that are isolated with you also sp- splitting the tab, I guess. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that's it for Wonder Woman 84. Um, I think overall we could say that I was not impressed with it. Andrew was slightly more impressed. I think it was an okay movie. There you go. So uh, we're out of here. Join us next time uh, for Mank. Because I want a torture guy. The story of Roger Mankiewicz. I don't know what his name is. What is his name? That is Mank. I don't know. I don't know his first name. The the guy who... He wrote Citizen Kane. Wrote Citizen Kane. 
Uh, it's starring um, that dude who's in Batman. Gary Oldman. Thank you. Uh, Gary Oldman, Netflix show. Um, so we're going to check it out. Hopefully it's good. I'm going to watch Citizen Kane because I've never seen I, it. I Can you watch Citizen Kane after you watch Mank? Okay. I'll do it that. will ruin Citizen Kane for you, but that's only ruining a movie that's so old that you should have watched it by now anyway. Do you mean ruining by like spoiling the meaning of Rosebud or whatever? No, it'll probably just spoil plot points of the movie, which is okay because it's eh, an old movie. Yeah, I'm not that, that worried about it. But I just I want to hear your so what I'll do because I've already seen Citizen Kane is I'll rewatch Citizen Kane first because I like mm-hmm. that movie, and then I'll watch Mank, and you'll watch Mank first, and then watch Citizen Kane, and then we can see what we think from those different viewpoints. All right, that works. I'll get that done. Cool. Um. So anyway, we got two weeks. I got two weeks. Catch us catch us in about two weeks. We're still getting our release schedule figured out, but uh, uh, we'll have a new episode for you shortly. Uh, and until then, remember, sometimes you can't see what you're learning until you come out the other side. There you go. Yep. Bye. Bye.